0: What a race at Kansas! We've got some takeaways to hit on this week. It's throwback week at Darlington, and we've got one last car to talk about in the 100 Win Club. All of this and more on this week's episode of The Stage Break. Episode number nine is underway. My name is Josh, and I'd like to welcome you back to the stage break. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for checking out the show. Hope you enjoy it. Let's uh, talk about this Kansas race, the Advent Health 400. Uh, in my opinion, a very entertaining race. It seemed to be kind of everything that you would hope for in a race. Had lots of action, had lots of aggression, lots of incidents, uh, storylines. Uh, just about everything you could think of, I think, you would find in, the, in the last week's race at Kansas. You had the aggression up front, which uh, was not intentional, but between uh, Kyle Larson in the 5, Tyler Reddick in the 45. Uh, Tyler trying to fit into a tight spot, and um, Kyle Larson even said in an interview uh, you can find on social media that uh, he, he thought that he, he was part to blame for being in that kind of a situation. I think he said he had to lift a little bit in the turn, and it kind of tightened up that spot even more. Uh, but still, it's, it's really aggressive racing right off the bat, and you can tell that these guys want to get into a really good track position as quickly as they can. So you had that aggression right up front. It resulted in Kyle Larson getting spun, which we hate to see that happen. But the, the positive side is that his car didn't get tore up, and he was able to still compete and, as you know, made his way back up through the field. But uh, the point is that you have this really aggressive racing right off the bat. Just as we anticipated, the restarts were amazing, three, four wide at times, which is uh, really, really exciting. And you, it's just kind of, as, as they cross the start-finish line, you're looking to see who's going to dart to the outside or the inside of the cars in front of them. So that was exciting multiple three to four, sometimes five car battles for the lead. Normally, you'll see battles like that from like 10th on back, but we had this from uh, the, the leaders were battling, uh, and you had, you know, just a number of cars. Now, it wasn't that way the entire race, but there were at points where there were a number of cars, not just two or three, but, you know, four or five plus that were duking it out, trying to to outdo the other guys around them, not just for, you know, 10th or 5th, but literally for the lead of the race. You had the last lap action between Kyle Larson and Denny Hamlin. A lot of conversation has been going on this week about that, just whether or not uh, that was necessary. Uh, You know, kind of my take on that is that's probably about as clean of aggressive racing as you can get. I don't think Denny Hamlin was trying to take out Kyle Larson there. Just really, really tight, tough racing, and uh, it's just (laughs) you're just right there. Last lap, the race is on the line. You're you're going to give it everything you have, and I think what we saw was the step right before, purposefully wrecking him. I think maybe Denny was just trying to put him into a position where uh, he had nowhere to go, and we kind of give Denny the advantage. Uh, You know, obviously he was trying to side draft him but he was so tight to Kyle Larson that there's no room for error. So if Kyle moved just a little bit or anything like that, uh, they're going to get in an incident, which is what happened. Uh, I think if the roles were reversed and Denny were in the lead and Kyle Larson were behind him in a better car, I think we would see a similar outcome with Kyle Larson doing something to put Denny into a position where he's uh, inevitably going to make a mistake Or just be put into a compromised situation where he literally cannot twitch without something happening. It's just, you know, the race is on the line. These guys want to win. They're going to go for it. So what happened, I have no problem with. But that last lap action was really, really cool to see. I know a lot of guys, even the drivers, were saying that they would love to have been able to kind of watch them come around, turn three of four, race to the checkered. And, and, And that's true. There is that aspect of it. But at the end of the day, you've got to make choices and uh, put yourself into the position that you think is going to help your race the most. And Denny Hamlin had an opportunity to do that coming out of turn two, so he wasn't going to wait till three and four to make a move. He was he was going to take advantage of the opportunity that he saw in front of him, and and which he did. So that was uh, that was good to see. And then, you, of course, the post race fight uh, between Ross Chastain, Noah Gregson. If you didn't see that, if you just listened to the race or something, uh, and you, and you haven't. Seen that yet? You got to go check that out. I'm not a huge fan of the fights, but I know a lot of people are. And uh, it was it was uh, uh, it, <laughs> during an interview, uh, during a, with Kyle Larson, interview with Kyle Larson, it kind of got interrupted. And I guess he was near enough to notice that something was going on, so uh, he, he even paused uh, during his interview, uh, for 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 a moment there. And the guys in the booth were watching it too, so. It, you know, it's, I, like I say, not not really my thing to see the fighting, but uh, a lot of people like it. I, I guess it plays into the entertainment factor, um, no matter where you stand on that position. I heard this week saying that Kansas may be, or may may be becoming the new Auto Club, and, and that's kind of how it looked. You the tracks get it. Kind of the comments that were surrounded that kind of a statement were the tracks getting wore out which is allowing for more racing grooves. It's putting more of the race in the driver's hands because there's more tire wear. So you've got more of a, uh, how, how would you say it? So there, there's just more opportunity. There's more variety. You, 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 more of the race is in the driver's hands and how they take care of their car. There's there's more options. And so that's kind of how Auto Club was. And obviously it's getting uh, uh, redone something. I don't even know if the final announcement's out yet, but obviously the you know sad thing of this year, the auto Club isn't uh, going to be the way it is now next year. Uh, I guess they're thinking about maybe doing a short track or something. But this is uh, really close. you know, Auto club's a two mile. This is a mile and a half, and you have the same kind of dynamics, multiple lanes, multiple options, three, four, five wide racing, running up against the wall when your tires wear out to get that optimum speed just kind of looks like Auto Club. So that's kind of how it appeared on Sunday, and apparently uh, it it gets better with time. So next time we're at Kansas, uh, it should be at least uh, to this level, if not even better. And way to go to our pick, Denny Hamlin. We called that out last week, picked him as our guy that would win, and he did. And Toyotas were pretty dominant early on, and that's what a lot of analysts and even the guys in the booth were saying – that uh, this was a Toyota race, obviously from last year. Uh, both times was won by a 2311 race car, uh, which are Toyotas, and so and Toyotas were dominant off the get-go. It did shift, you know, down the line, down into the race where Chevys gained some dominance and some strength. Was able to compete with Toyota, some Ford a little bit too, but primarily uh, Chevy and Toyota. But obviously, it was a Toyota that came out with the victory at the end of the day. So kudos to them. And uh, it's, it's always fun to put out a pick and then to be right. So, um, you know, the chances of that are <laughs> not too good. Uh, but uh, we had some, uh, some reasons to pick them. And uh, so, and, you know, eventually you get lucky. So I think that's maybe what happened there. Well, let's look ahead to this weekend's race, the Goodyear 400 at Darlington Raceway. Throwback weekend. Really exciting uh, weekend to begin with. A lot of fun, a lot of excitement. The, f- the cool paint schemes. Uh, and in the race, too, is Darlington such a good track and very entertaining, very challenging track makes makes for some of the same things that we enjoyed about Kansas. You also enjoy about Darlington. Now, maybe not the same you know, racetrack configuration, but as far as the drama and the storylines, I think we'll have the same kind of thing come out of Darlington as we potentially had at Kansas. So let's go over some of the race facts. What do we need to know about this race coming up on Sunday? I believe it's on FS1 at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. 293 laps. Stage 1 ends at lap 90. Stage 2 ends at lap 185. So you've got a 90-lap stage and a 95-lap stage. And then I didn't do this math beforehand. So what is that then? Uh, And then 108 laps. Yeah, 108 laps to wrap up the race. As far as tires, every team gets one practice set and then 11 sets. Uh, to use for qualifying and for the race. Uh, whatever set of tires they use for qualifying carries over to what they start on, and then they have 10 additional sets to use throughout the race. Fuel mileage, I don't have the exact numbers. They should get at least 65 laps, which means that uh, they, they will need to make a pit stop for fuel every stage. However, that is not the reason that they're going to make a pit stop. This, You know, Darlington is extremely abrasive, uh, and so you're going to have tire fall off galore, and so you're going to see people pitting not for fuel but for tires. So I think that's going to play big into the strategy. I think probably uh, for the most part teams are going to pit you know split split the t- stages in half. So you know stage one's a 90 lap run. Uh, they're going to pit around 45 lap 45. Stage two is a 95 lap run, and you know, they're going to pit around. Uh, 150, something like that. I think I think ultimately you're trying to get your best average lap time. And so because tire fall off is so huge, uh, you're gonna just try to optimize that. So have the fewest amount of laps on each set of tires and the best way to do that is split that in half. You may have some people that try to short pit and uh, jump some people a little bit. Um, on iRacing, I've done that a time or two at Darlington and it has uh, helped. Uh, sometimes you need cautions to help you with that, you know, you short pit, and uh, so you get a lot of track position up front, but if it goes green, you lose that, so sometimes a, a caution will help you be able to get the track position and then reset the field to where you don't lose it, uh, but that's a, you know, that, that's a gamble. It may or may not play out in your favor, but I think teams are primarily just going to split these stages in half. I don't think it's going to be a fuel run. I think it's going to be a tire run and just to optimize those averages as best they can. And obviously if, if cautions come out, that's going to play big into what strategies they make. If, if you've got a stage with lots of cautions in it, you might, you might play some fuel strategy and say, you know what, we're not going to lose as much time as we thought on these old tires because we've had so many laps under caution. We're just going to run to the end of the stage and then we'll have an extra set at the end. If we need it, some teams might do that. Who knows? But, uh, I think that's the primary strategy. Probably everybody going in, if it just goes green, you're going to split them in half. Uh, and, you know, give or take, you know, three to five laps on either side of that, just depending on the strategies that these guys want to do, whether they want a short pit, or whether you've got someone that's in the lead and has a decent lead, and they want to maintain that longer, they might go a little bit long, but not too long. If, if the whole field pits, then they need to be pitting too. So, We'll just have to wait and see what comes out with the strategy, but uh, as I said, I think everybody's going to kind of start with the mindset of splitting them in half, so we'll just see if that comes about. With this weekend, we've got some big throwback paint schemes, and so I just kind of want to give you some of my favorites. I'm sure everybody's got a favorite if you haven't seen them, uh, but there's some really cool-looking cars out there. Not, I really don't know that I've seen one that I didn't like. There's some that are maybe a little bit blander than some other ones, but that's kind of part of the throwback. You know, you didn't have these crazy uh, elaborate paint schemes in the past you had some pretty simple stuff and sometimes the simple ones are the best looking ones. So I've got my top five here. Uh, first off in numerical order here as we just go through, you've got the number one uh, Chevy Ross Chastain's car that's got the UPS and the Worldwide Express I believe on the side. It's a really good looking car, sharp, sharp colors. You've got the number four uh, Ford Mustang of Kevin Harvick. In the Sunny Delight car, the really bright colors and a really good-looking paint scheme, kind of a uh, you know a really bright throwback there. And then uh, the number six Ford Mustang, Brad Keselowski's Castrol GTX paint scheme. This I don't know if this one's my favorite, but it's really close. Just the red, the green, the white. It just looks super sharp. Good-looking car. Uh, I think this one would maybe tie the the six car, and that'd be Joey Logano's 22 Ford Mustang. It's a red, white, and blue. Uh, it's a paint scheme. Uh, uh, I forgot it listed later. I didn't write it down here next to it. I should have. Uh, it's the uh, AMC Matador. That's, that's, the, that's the scheme, the AMC Matador throwback. Uh, it's red, white, and blue, and, and this is the paint scheme that Penske got their first win in. So that's a really cool backstory to that paint scheme. And then the uh, 54 Toyota Camry that's driven by Ty Gibbs. It's a Bobby Labonte throwback. Uh, that's it's a you know, really basic scheme but it just it's really cool colors it's it's a red and a yellow but uh, shades of them that you don't see too often on a race car and it just looks pretty sharp too so that's my five but really i don't know that you can go wrong on uh, which paint scheme you like uh, there's there's tons of good ones out there those are just some of the ones that i enjoy and uh, think look pretty good so check those out on sunday or check them out online ahead of the weekend see what you think And, uh, you know, I tried to uh, post these episodes and post an announcement on Instagram uh, just to let people know that a new episode is out there. Maybe in the comments below, let me know what your favorite paint schemes are. Uh, Maybe I'll put a post or a story or something out there, too, that you can comment on. But uh, let me know. I'd be curious to know what your favorite schemes are. Looking ahead to uh, the race itself, who are the ones that we need to watch, whether you've got a fantasy league that you're in, or just maybe cars that you know you want to keep an eye on during the race, who are the ones that uh, I think uh, we need to keep an eye on? Well, uh, I've done some research and based on driver averages since 2020, so you've got uh, seven races, I believe, is what was, what was there. Uh, and so I've got some information here based on two categories. One, it's best averages by finishing position and then the best averages by wins. So looking at the finishing positions, there's some uh, pretty impressive numbers here. And uh, our last week winner, Denny Hamlin, has the best average finish based on the last uh, you know last two years. Yeah, yeah, since 2020. So 2020 forward, uh, that, that's the range that they're taking, these, this information's is from uh, driveraverages.com. You can go look this stuff up. But uh, Hamlin has a 6.9 uh, average finishing position, which is stellar for, for this track. Joey Logano has a 7.6 finishing position just behind him. Karvik is tied with Logano with a 7.6 average. Tyler Reddick has 11.1 average, and Austin Dillon has a 12.1 average. Uh, that's, that's the one that I wasn't expecting to see on the chart, just based off of prior performance and how often he's in the mix each week. But, uh, you know, he's fifth on the list. So good job to him and their team. Now, what's the averages by wins? Hamlin has two wins since 2020. Harvick also has two wins. Martin Truex Jr. has a win. Eric Jones has a win. We talked about him a few weeks ago. Um, actually, no, last week. Talked about him last week with, uh, um, the 43 car and them having 200 wins, uh, I believe that was the race where they got that 200th win, and then we've got Joey Logano, which also has a win as well, and if my memory serves me right, that was last spring, a year ago, that he won, uh, and he, he outdid, uh, William Byron, he outdid William Byron there, William Byron on that last lap, he kind of booted him a little bit, <laughs> that was, yeah, that's, that's another tangent we could talk about, but, uh, I believe that was a response to William putting him into a tight squeeze earlier in the race, so he justified it for himself. Different, different conversation, different story, but he ultimately, Joey Logano, came away with a win. So those are some people by average finish and by uh, wins that we, 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 could keep, we could keep an eye on. So what are my picks? Who are the ones that I think are going to do well? I think Kevin Harvick is going to be in the mix in that sunny delight Ford Mustang need to keep an eye on that four car, and especially with him, this being his last year, I think he's had a successful enough career that he's probably, you know, content just to have a solid season, but you know, he's, he's a driver. He wants wins, and he's motivated, and this is his, one of his last chances to do it, so uh, he's, he's got this season to look forward to, and I think he's going to take advantage of every opportunity he can get, so keep Kevin Harvick in the mix. Also, Last week's winner, Denny Hamlin. I mean, he's got two wins, tied with Harvick, and he's got the best average finish in the last since 2020. So I think you need to keep an eye on him and his Federal Express Camry. But here's my pick to win. You know, last week was Denny Hamlin. I'm not going to pick him back-to-back. I was really tempted to. But my pick to win is Joey Logano in that AMC Matador Ford Mustang. It's a good-looking car. They know how to get around this track. He's he's uh, second in, by average finishing position to Hamlin, but not by much. Uh, you know, just less than less than a, a single position in that that average. So I think he's going to be a solid contender. Uh, some people are kind of knocking the Fords a little bit, just saying they're at a little bit of an aerodynamic disadvantage, as it seems. Maybe so. I don't know. But I think, you know, Joey's smart. He knows how to get around the racetrack, and he's done it a few times before. Uh, He's got some good averaging finishes. He's got a win in the bag here in recent history. So I I think you need to keep an eye on him. So for our pick today, it's, it's Joey Logano. So we'll see if we get it right two in a row. I doubt we will, but you never know. So let's keep an eye on him this weekend. Harvick, Hamlin, and Logano. Would you like more from the stage break? then be sure to check us out on Instagram. You'll find additional content posted throughout the week and on race day. Get show sneak peeks, make your prediction for who will win the race, participate in questions and answers for the show, enter giveaways, and more. Check it out today at the Stage Break Podcast. Again, that's on Instagram at the Stage Break Podcast. Now, back to the show. Well, let's wrap up our 100 Win Club Series. We've talked about three other cars number two car the number three car the 43 car and today we're going to talk about the car that has the most wins to its number and that is the number 11 driven by danny hamlin and the joe gibbs racing toyota camry we've got some facts for you on this number the number 11 car has competed in 2140 races it's got 804 top fives 1,092 top 10s, so half of its races have ended in a top 10 finish. 166 polls, and then a grand total of 229 wins. And Obviously, that most recent addition was last week at Kansas. 229 wins, that's an, that's an amazing number. And, and when you look at the top 5 drivers who have won in this car, you have some pretty legendary names that have, that have driven this car. You've got Kyle Yarbrough with a total of 55 wins. He's at the top of the board there. You've got Ned Jarrett in 49 wins. Denny Hamlin's tied with him at 49 wins. Daryl Waltrip with 43 wins. Junior Johnson with 11 wins. And that's your top five. But then you've got these other big names to win in, in the 11 car. You've got Bill Elliott, who won six times. Jeff Bodine, who won four times. Terry Labonte, also four times. Bobby Allison with three wins. Buddy Baker with two wins, and then even Mario Andretti with a win here in the 11 car. So, some really big names to have driven this car. But uh, you just look at the success that they've had with the 11 car. And, you know, recently, obviously with Danny Hamlin, but even then, just in the years past, that's amazing to have that many wins on a car number. And it's amazing to see the jump, right? There's only four cars that have broken that 100 win mark. And not only has the 11 broken it, It's like doubled, more than doubled what the first two guys did. There's 101 wins both for the two and the three car, and then you know a 43 car has 200 wins, and now you've got the 11 car with 229. So that's that's a it's a really big jump between them. Uh, So just you know, good job to 11 car and and kind of an amazing history to uh, this this number and uh, all the different uh, you know big names in NASCAR that have driven this car uh, throughout the years. So some really cool history behind that. And It just makes me wonder, like, if you're in Denny Hamlin's position, whether you like the guy or not. Just try to put yourself in his position, and, and just think of the uh, uh, the the history of the car, the reputation that it has, and like, man, you've got, you know, obviously he's he's tied in second place with most wins for the car, so he's he's succeeded. But imagine, you know, when he was, he didn't have all those wins. And just kind of in a place like, man, I, I hope I'm not the one that breaks the trend, right? <laughs> you want you want to do well, you want to succeed and uh, it's looking like he's done that. So good job to them and all that they do. Uh, it holds the 11 car holds the all-time wins title by a solid margin. How long is it going to be before they add another? Well, who knows? Maybe this weekend, I think Denny, like we already talked about, he's got a solid chance to win the race. So uh, he could go back to back. Who knows? Honestly, I didn't talk about this before, but I'll talk about it now. Uh, If if we do have these green flag pit stops at Darlington, I think his team and his pit crew uh, are not as consistent and not as fast as some of the other pit crews are. So I think under green flag conditions, it it may not affect him as much, I guess, as maybe under caution when everyone comes in at the same time. But still, I think you know time is everything. It's, it's so hard to get time back during a race. It's so easy to lose it. And I think that's maybe going to be their Achilles heel at this race. If you have green flag pit stops and they're just not nailing it, I think that's what's going to end up shooting themselves in the foot. But I could be wrong. Who knows? But uh, anyways, that's the reason I'm kind of not picking him. I, I think he's capable. I'm just wondering if they're going to hit everything perfectly from start to finish, driving... Spotting, pit crew, pit stops, all that. So uh, we'll just have to wait and find out. But all that to say, he has won before. and may win again and go from two twenty nine to two thirty. So we'll just have to wait and see. I want to give you a little sneak peek for what's coming up next week. We've got our tenth episode. Ten, ten episodes uh, is not a lot, but it is a little bit of a milestone for myself. And we've got a fun segment lined up next week for episode number uh, episode number ten. So be sure to tune in next week as we break down the top 10 changes between a Gen 6 car and our Gen 7 Cup car that they're racing on today. There's lots of, there's lots of differences that we can talk about about this next-gen car. Uh, so tune in to hear what I think will make the top 10 list, the top 10 differences between Gen 6 and Gen 7 cars. I think it'll maybe help us better understand what's going on with these Gen 7 cars, some of the information you may have already heard before. But tune in to find out if there's maybe something that you didn't know about these next-gen cars that might give us a little bit more insight into what these drivers are dealing with week in and week out on the racetrack. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Stage Break. Be sure to follow us on Instagram so that you don't miss a thing. And if you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with someone else that you know. We'd really appreciate you doing that. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the race at Darlington. And we'll catch you at the next Stage Break.